welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast. I'm your host, Trees and Nylon, Trees, Nylon, whatever you really want to call me, as long as it's not my real name. And I'm joined today by creative, hiker, strategist, consultant, skater, LinkedIn term, LinkedIn term, all around cool dude. Also like creative director, Arcturus, whatever. It's uh, Cooper Gill. How are you doing today, man? <laughs> good. Thank you. That's pretty good. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, I was trying to find words, uh, buzzwords on your LinkedIn page and stuff, but uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, that didn't, yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, Cooper, I've kind of gone over a little bit of who you are. Could you tell the audience a little bit more about, you know, what you do and your place in this whole crazy Gorp scene? Yeah, for sure. Um, what do I do? Um, <laughs> uh, I kind of have like the coolest job in the world, I think. It's like, Pretty Sounds fun. like it. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, um, I'm really uh, like a, a conduit for for ideas um, mm-hmm. for a really um, incredible group of creative people, uh, product product designers, brand designers, um, people that write words and take pictures and make videos and um, make product and just make sure that there's a, a unified story to tell and um, you know, make sure that there's like a, we're speaking to, to the right audience at the right time and making sure that there's a, uh, a vision behind some of that stuff. So when I say things are kind of like unified and, and consistent is, is really a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Making sure that things like look like they were thought about together and, and were created together um, with, a, with a, with a vision and uh, have as much fun as possible doing it. And, and speaks to as many people as possible and really trying to evolve the conversation of like who a brand like ours speaks to and mm-hmm. how it shows up. Wow. That's quite yeah. a lot. Uh, very cool though. It, <laughs> it sounds I mean, like a lot when you start talking it about it. It does sound like a lot, but it also, I will say, it doesn't sound like a lot of the uh, going back to LinkedIn, it doesn't sound like a lot of those terms where it's like, well, I like to, I like to build and communicate. And I, I, I really, I'm like a, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I wear a lot of hats and I kind of do a little bit. No, it doesn't sound like that. It actually, my mind can process. And maybe that's just because I'm on LinkedIn a lot, but maybe yeah. I can actually process what you're saying and be like, oh yes, that's like a real thing people would do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm definitely one of those people that exists on LinkedIn, like, for, like when I needed a job, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't, I don't engage with it too heavily <laughs> um, in the like social conversational Posting. sense. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, yeah. which is, Actually, I think a, a fault. I think it's a, actually really a, um, a good place to spend social media time versus really? Instagram. To be honest, yeah, I think there's actually quite a lot of really good content and things to be surfaced via that channel. Hmm. Um, you know, brands push a lot of their stuff through there that you wouldn't normally catch because you know, like it's the the language on it is so much more measured. Yeah, and, and you know, a little more like boiled down and like considered that you do get statements like like mine or other things but brands also you know save the the like pop for ig and tiktok yeah. and stuff so i'd say half sorry half of the posts i see on linkedin are like should people be working from home now like if yeah. yes uh favorite <laughs> if maybe that's like half the stuff that i see whenever right. i go on it's that and then just like random people who i was like 15 and i didn't know who they were i just said yes to everyone just seeing their post about whatever they're doing. So mine's yeah. not very curated, but 
I have I have 30 connections and that's all you need on LinkedIn to yeah. start messaging people. <laughs> I'm friends with Gary V, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow his page. So <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, for those who don't know, this is the Trees of Nylon podcast. We talk about trees. We also talk about nylon, kind of working through a past, present, future relationship with both subjects. So, Cooper, which one would you like to start with today? Uh, trees. Trees. Very good choice. Very good choice. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, just growing up, what your relationship was. Like, did you go hiking, camping? Was that part of the norm for you? Yeah. Um, I grew up, uh, uh, in the Northeast, uh, the United States. So in like, you know, Connecticut, New Jersey, um, always sort of, you know, an hour, maybe an hour and some change outside of the city, outside of New York. Okay. Um, yeah, just like kind of full suburbs. When we moved up to Connecticut. It got a little more rural. Um, my, my dad was always, um, uh, he, he was, um, he was in the, still in the military early on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but, um, you know, <laughs> like, in the, yeah, early mid eighties, like he was still in the military and still like involved, um, in like scouting stuff. He was an Eagle scout and that kind of stuff. So we were always, there was always like a camping trip early on in life for sure. Um, there was always some degree of outdoors. He was a big skier as well. Mm-hmm. So we always, from a very early age, um, we were up in, as much mountains as you could have in, in New Jersey. And we moved up to, <laughs> yeah. you know, we moved to Connecticut when uh, I was around 10 and things got much more outdoors. Mm. Like it was just less developed. It was less like tract house suburb and, and way more like a lot of woods, a lot of space between the oh, houses. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. Um, really hilly. So immediately at that point, it was like, and that was still the the era of when it was like, kids go outside all day, get out of the mm-hmm. house. You're not sitting in the house. So we <laughs> just disappear. Yeah. We yeah. finally, you know, found a little crew and we just disappear into the forest for the day. Um, and did all kinds of horrible things like <laughs> cut trees down and made forests. Oh, wow. and, you know, like, yeah. Oh, I can't believe any of us are still alive from. Some <laughs> <of this stuff. laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and then, um, we got, got involved in like, you know, same thing kind of similar to my dad like scouts early on when I was a kid didn't take it far at all mm-hmm. like never made it like deep into that but it was like a good way to like go camping and do stuff and um that, that was all very early on still skiing and you know snowboarding when I got to be about nine I started snowboarding instead of skiing yeah yeah all the the usual stuff um I will say that uh part of where I grew up you know both my parents worked and um I got put into a uh like a after school latchkey program. Yeah. You know, for like the the and um it had like a heavy out I was so lucky it had this like heavy outdoor bend to it. Like you mm. could, you know, you could sit and do the like schoolyard games and traditional sports, but there was one of the guys that worked there, he was like a climber and like super outdoors. And oh, wow. um yeah, and the program did like trail maintenance. So they in Connecticut, especially northwestern Connecticut, the Appalachian Trail runs through sections of the state uh part of the state and then there's you know a lot of feeder trails and stuff mm-hmm. that um kind of push into it so um we did trail maintenance on on those trails and had the contract to do the maintenance on the section of the of the at and um that really like set it off because then it was mm-hmm. like we were like we're now we're hiking and we have like <laughs> equipment we have to carry and we're like 12 <laughs> you know with like, you feel like real bushcraft yeah, outdoors and mountaineers <laughs> 
yeah it felt super sick to have all this shit and like do you know get to use a chainsaw when you're 12 or have some weird like pickaxe thing you've never seen and you're you know fixing steps or a little drainage ditch or something but um or just like cutting back brush and tossing them it was cool Mm -hmm. and um that like led quickly to like climbing with this person and some of that programming and um yeah so i had like some some really good mentorship through that and i stayed with that all through high school you know from like middle school all the way through high school that was always my job mm-hmm. um i always like kept uh you know you could get paid start getting paid to do that stuff with them uh, so it became like a kind of a fun job to have as well and um yeah stuck with climbing pretty heavily even even when skateboarding got um really a big part of my life um climbing was always there with this person so uh mm-hmm. we, were, we were luckily situated in an area that was um had a lot of this stuff like there were lots of little crags and little weird local spots out in the forest that we found from bushwhacking around like when we yeah. were bad kids and we were like oh, there's a cliff back there that no one's ever climbed so we were like <laughs> young teenagers developing climbing areas and making our own trail like like early mountain biking stuff and just a uh, very lucky fortunate um place to to grow up that's very cool that's that's yeah pretty wild honestly yeah i was gonna say my dad wishes that i had done boy scouts i did like two years of cub scouts and then when it actually got time for us to like go on camping trips and stuff i was just like no nah, i'm not feeling it anymore so i stopped doing it and now <laughs> he's, he tells me all the time now he's like damn i really wish that you had just stuck with it because we could have done all yeah. these camping trips together and now you're just off on your own and i think he's a little a uh, little upset about that but hey, it is what uh, it is yeah but you can still you know. go camping you know yeah we can still go camping I know more now. You don't have to cook my food for me now. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. That's really, really sick. I, uh, I've never even heard of like, well, I guess I never heard of now I have, but my after school program was literally just the normal stuff. Cause I, I, I live like 30 to an hour away from like mm-hmm. any really good hikes or anything like that. It's kind of right. in the suburbs, like North Atlanta. I'm going to dox myself a little bit. Um, yeah, sure. You said yeah, your name too. Uh, oh yeah. Did I? Oh, I did, dude. Wow. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard of anyone doing trailmates or anything like that, unless it was some sort of Eagle Scout program or uh, they were sort of, sort of like trail angel on the AT, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like it, it, I never would have, I mean, I was a kid, I'd never thought of it and I hadn't, it, and it just was like this thing that existed and it was like this sick job you could get in our town. That was like fun. I mean, you also like, aside from trails like we would like go mow the local cemetery and like traffic mm. islands <laughs> yeah less cool stuff but, but, yeah. but yeah, was that was cool because they had like um, they had this really rad like all all of the equipment was like military surplus oh wow because like, you know like because they could go buy at the government auctions and stuff uh-huh. and um so like we had like this pickup truck that was like just this gnarly camo pickup truck <laughs> with like troop benches in the back and it was like this three-speed diesel thing it was just like this fortress of a truck and yeah that would definitely make you feel like a man <laughs> riding around in yeah, that like camouflage spray painted lawnmowers and shit <laughs> like everything cool. was like spray paint camo it's very cool yeah it's cool uh so moving on from that we can go ahead and talk about currently what do yeah. you do to get outside in this crazy time yeah um another you know bit of like fortunate circumstance and privileges you know for working for Arcteryx, like we live in British Columbia now. Um, and I've been mm-hmm. here uh, coming up on uh, um, three years. 
and um, so we're we're up uh, about halfway between Vancouver and, and Whistler, a town called Squamish, which mm -hmm. most people have probably heard of. Like if you're into like mountain towns and stuff like that, but um, either way, it's it's like you name it. Like there's you can get to, you know, we're just stuffed in a valley, high alpine around us. So um, there's just bottomless trails the ocean's right here like the they say the ocean but it's like a sound you know it's tidal okay. yeah uh, it's court it's, it's insane um you know it's it feels like very end of the world if you've ever seen like coastal british columbia there you know it's like these really dramatic mountains that just die into the sea uh, wow. so there's you know trails and climbing and you know backcountry skiing and snowboarding and mountain biking and everything you know, <laughs> it's everything exactly. all the all the stuff like you name it like it's very easy to go and do it and huh. almost to a fault because it gets so um everybody's here to do it so everybody's mm -hmm. really good at everything oh, okay, <laughs> so it's okay. not like it's not like let's go hiking it's like oh let's go fast pack and you know bag these two peaks and then you're like i Kind of just want to go <laughs> like listen man, I, just, I just <laughs> wanted to go on a two mile hike man <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah which That's i do plenty of i got here yeah, I know, man. It's tough. We live, you know, be before I took this on, like I was, you know, we were in California for a while, but we moved back east and we were, I was just back in New York. And like, that's fully, you know, we lived at the beach in New Jersey, kind of just outside of the city. Mm -hmm. So I could like go surfing a lot, which was great. That's cool. But like, yeah. yeah, when you wanted to go hiking or like, just like go, especially like squat up with the family and go for a hike and like just get the kid you know, burning some energy and walking around in the forest and absorbing all of that, you know, yeah. good stuff that comes from doing that. It's mm -hmm. really hard. Like I, I feel you on the like suburban outdoor experiences. Like mm -hmm. this trail is very uninspiring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got, I've just recently discovered some hikes that are closer to me, but even then they're like, like I said, 30 minutes to an hour away. Like, I don't know if my parents would have driven me there. I don't know if it would have been just like a local walking spot. We don't really have anything like that. So Hey, it's just, it's all about geography. It's where you are. Some people are just lucky like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you gotta, you gotta make the moves and put them in place to get to there. Like we knew we wanted to, you know, like, I mean, obviously like ARC is a, is a dream job and kind of a like mm -hmm. culmination of all my years of LinkedIn experience. But <laughs> um, yeah. at, at the end of the day, we knew we wanted to get back West. You know, we, we moved back East to New York when we had our daughter to be mm -hmm. closer to family and we're and we had been in California for about 10 years and we were immediately like uh we need to be back west like we've we've transformed to west coast like outdoors people and uh, need need legit mountains <laughs> and like all this stuff in our life so um you know started putting the putting the time in to, to make the moves and and do it I can't blame you. I've been, uh, well, I'll say off, off the top that Yellowstone is my favorite national park just ever that I've ever been to. Um, yeah. And then I just recently went to Glacier. I hope to get out to the Tetons at some point. But yeah, those, like, that's just that out west so vibe. And I've been up to British Columbia as well when I was young. But I do remember my dad's friend had a house on the top of a mountain overlooking a lake. And that was the first time I really remember as a child being like, man, this is really pretty. Like, nature is really yeah. pretty. <laughs> just seeing totally. this and that was in bc yeah yeah i, I no. can't i couldn't tell you where it was so long ago no, i'm sure no. he would know but yeah it was it was just such a beautiful view and they had like a trail literally right next to their house kind of like out in the wilderness they had like farms all around them and stuff so they just had like right. walking paths all through like their property that you could walk through it was really really awesome and that, again that's the first wilderness. time that i enjoyed nature as a child because yeah sometimes it's it funny just man, more 
the the irony is I had a very similar irony to like my current experience is I mm -hmm. had a very similar thing where we came here on a family vacation when I was like we ended up coming two or three times I think three times but the first time I came I think I was probably like 11 or 12 and we went to and we were in BC in the summer and um you know doing like between Vancouver and Whistler kind of just like tourist stuff and I that stuck in my mind I was like this is the craziest shit like this is the craziest place I've ever seen like I could not believe this the scale of the mountains and like the like the wilderness yeah. like I just never experienced it's wilderness like that before so and I'd been to other yeah and I had like mm -hmm. just like the similar you know national parks and stuff with my family before that and th thought I had seen some like mountains <laughs> and wilderness and yeah ha had not and and so now I ended up like living here like it's mm -hmm. like really kind of like I was like damn I wonder if I wonder if I like somehow low-key manifested that like, <laughs> you might have you might have yeah, yeah. I still I haven't like that right I haven't really gotten up to the Canadian Rockies or anything like that that's like you know the Banff Calgary all that yeah. area my dad has been telling me like you gotta go if you like the Rockies if you like all this you have to go there because it's just so much more pristine is what he said yeah that's not that's not wrong <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty profound it's definitely yeah. profound yeah Canada has definitely more of a um uh it's just a little more there's just less people interacting with it right like it's just that much more rugged and, and yeah. pristine and, and intact you know like it doesn't require uh the you know national parks in the u.s i think are totally incredible right like mm -hmm. they're they're awesome yeah. and um you know and you could go to one that's as busy as you know we would go to yosemite a lot when we lived in oh wow um, yeah california very busy and and it's so busy and it has so much infrastructure to support how busy it is so you're mm -hmm. aware of it like you could be three four five days in mm -hmm. you know and and like off trip like you know what i mean like you could be just like <laughs> just great trying to navigate that yeah. country wandering around you know or or like working on an objective mm -hmm. and like you'll still maybe see someone or like if not if you don't not see somebody Mm -hmm. you'll you'll you can be very aware of humans yeah and sometimes it's sick like sometimes it's like <laughs> oh there's there's like a cairn or or there's like some poop that a, you know a squirrel dug up or something <laughs> but some, sometimes it's like oh man like there's like first nation there's like indigenous stuff that's thousands of years old like wow. that's just that that part's always kind of neat like it doesn't you know the like human impact whether it's like old and profound or like new and kind of a bummer mm -hmm. Just I don't know can set, sets off yeah. uh, something in your brain. Yeah. yeah, just you know, it gives you something to think about while you're wandering around out there. Well, let's move on to the last section of trees. Tell me a little bit about some Grail hiking spots, countries to visit for hiking or the outdoors in general. Something you got on the list mm -hmm. right now? Yeah, um, well, I, I can keep it local. Super easy. Mm -hmm. um, there's a uh, there's a couple of zones here that I really want to get after that I've poked around in or like gotten uh, the luxury of getting into easier for like photo shoots and stuff. Mm. Um, uh, there's a there's a really big alpine traverse here called Spearhead that I would really like to do. And that okay. starts, yeah, that starts in Whistler and kind of links, you know, a dozen smaller peaks and ridge lines together and comes all the way around to, to Black Home. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I don't know how many kilometers it is it's it's like a, a a rite of passage here for sure it's like kind of more of a ski touring thing you can do it. it's much easier in the summer but uh like you still kind of have to have a lot of 
skills to do it, you know, like it requires mm -hmm. some climbing skills, repelling and, you know, like that kind of thing and, and root finding. So um, I would love to wow. check that off. Yeah. Sounds intense. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. This is what I'm saying about here, like things that's like ratchet up in intensity, like yeah. instantly. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, yeah, you're talking about like, yeah, you know, well, you have to ski, but you also got to repel and it connects like 14 peaks <laughs> and it's pretty wild <laughs> it's stuff, man. <laughs> It gets very mountaineering very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then here I even have my, and then I have my, uh, this is a, this is a backcountry map of um, oh, wow. another zone here. Um, <laughs> like, is this, this is what's so sick about here is like, um, like, this is like, like local dudes made this, like they bought the satellite really? photo and we're like, <laughs> here are the best ski routes on, That's crazy. This, on this one mountain called Sky uh -huh. Pilot. And um, there's some really great, really great um stuff here that I, I want a lot of it revolves around chasing snow and mm -hmm. trying to like um snowboard a bunch but um i'd like to get up into a little deeper into that zone nice um yeah and then that hooks up with another really great uh more approachable traverse which is more of a fast packing thing in the summer mm -hmm. uh called the house sound crest trail uh, which is probably like a 40 kilometer, like you string a bunch of ridges together, two, two, three, day. like if like really fast people do it in a day, like trail runner wow. people, yeah, do it in a day for sure. Um, I would probably make it do, I would probably try to make it do three days and not fast pack it mm -hmm. <laughs> as much shit as possible. I'm big yeah. on like snacks. Like I'm, um, uh, I, we will have like, a we had a, um, an athlete summit and we were down in, um, in Moab and we had all of our trail runners and we had actually had the whole team, but all the trail runners were there and they were like frothing, just like <laughs> jaunting off like the little fit deer that they are yeah. you know, going into the, <laughs> that was there. And, uh, so that's right outside Canyonlands national park and stuff. And, um, they were like, Oh, do you want to, we're going to, we were like at yoga in the morning, like breakfast. And they're mm. like, Hey, we're going to, yeah, we're going to go out for a little bit this afternoon. If you want to, you know, after breakfast, if you want to come like mellow, you know, they might even have said the word hike. And I was like, yeah, sure. And like, I mean, these are like elite world-class athletes. Yeah. And just I don't know what, and little, my, why, little... yeah, why I didn't <laughs> actually do the real math, but like I showed up like, in an outfit and like with a bag full of food like <laughs> like literally like candy and snacks and yeah. like stuff to make lunch and like charcuterie uh -huh. like i was like yeah. <laughs> charcuterie. and they're like yeah and they're like in like they're running shorts and they're like warm. they got a fanny pack i was and like that's it. yeah i had a camera like i was oh like, wow I, I was like well you guys go <laughs> they were like is that what you're wearing i was like yeah you you go but uh yeah i got some six shots of them on like three ridges over from me oh very cool so, yeah yeah, yeah. Nice it worked out but yeah. nice i'm, big on, some... I'm more on snacks yeah, i was I'm gonna say what are snacks. some of your like go-to snacks since you seem like a bag yeah. full of snacks kind of guy yeah i'm definitely a bad bag full of snacks person and i'm known for it um <laughs> uh, haribo for sure uh for okay. we're talking gummies for like the yeah. sugar hit um longer trips or multi-day things or even whatever, like I like a, um, like I'll bring like a little salami, you know, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, nothing too spicy because I don't want it repeating. Maybe, maybe a baby yeah. bell as well. Okay. I like those. Yeah. I feel like those go okay. As long as it's not too hot out for them. Mm -hmm. uh, I avoid like any like gooey block things. Mm. They don't sit well. Not cliff bars or anything uh, like that. I'll do a cliff bar. Yeah, I'll definitely okay. do a cliff bar. Yeah, I like the classic cliff bar. 
it's like a candy bar so it's fun. yeah basically uh, yeah ton of water um i got a um like a hydration pack and mm-hmm. um that really like made it it's so it's crazy like i was like wow i drink so much more water now and i don't have to like stop and do this yeah um, take another backpack and all that jazz yeah and it doesn't feel as like heavy and clunky and stuff so i really like that so i'm, I'm pretty straightforward with the water if i'm doing like anything that's like more of an objective mm-hmm. or with like real people like with athletes or like crushers or anything like that like i'll mm-hmm. put um like a little hydro tablet into my uh, hydration you know like uh one of those uh, energy drink tablets into the water yeah uh the stacks get a little healthier but i s- still ride with the haribo for sure nice um, do you mess with the uh the mountain house like dried food just at oh yeah yeah, yeah Mar- absolutely. Use, I say. what's yeah, your favorite absolutely. flavor if you're, um, if you're a true man, a true connoisseur, you gotta have yeah, a favorite. Well, Mountain House uh, would probably be like something stewy and kind of gross, like just pack in as much weird chemical uh-huh. flavor as possible. Uh-huh. But we, um, my wife and I, she's really close with the people that do um, Backcountry, I think it's Backcountry Kitchen. Okay. Uh, I think they're out of Portland. They're like yellow packets. Um, that stuff's sick. Like that's actually really, really legit. Um I remember having some like really good curries and things like that. And mm-hmm. then um, one of our other secrets was uh, um, we were, we were heavy on this for a while because we were doing so much backpacking uh, in, in California specifically and um, in Utah. And uh, we were heavy on those and we were heavy on stuff from Trader Joe's. If you're in the States, like Trader Joe's, oh, yeah. like all the Indian food, like any of the stuff that when you open the box ends up being in a foil packet is like ready mm-hmm. to rip. Like there's oh, so yeah. much shelf shelf stable stuff that you can really put a pretty sick <laughs> meal together. Um, and then there was one I never tried. I didn't go as far to buy my own, to buy our own dehydrator. Like mm-hmm. I threatened to do it a lot, but I never really <laughs> pulled the trigger. <laughs> and the thing that got me wanting to do it was this guy told me about, he would go to his, and this is such a California thing. Like you go to your, local burrito spot and you just get like the sickest tightest perfect like california burrito and you just throw it in the fridge right for a day so it sets up like a log Mm -hmm. slice it (laughs) discs and then dehydrate the discs like dehydrated sushi burrito basically that's wild that's so crazy and then you just like rehydrate them with a a little less water than you would think and all of a sudden you have like a just full-on perfect burrito wow that's I mean, very cool discs but i know i was like damn that is pro-. i remember reading it on like a backpack I how do you even was, think of that that's pretty crazy yeah that's pretty crazy yeah, it's like stuff. a really good like backpacking blog at the time when blogs were still a thing mm-hmm. and it was like an <laughs> old like a dude in his 60s you know yeah. like just full-on like zip off and like yeah. i'm going hiking and these, these are my favorite recipes for backcountry back and the like, <laughs> Fuck, that is sick yeah nice there's some food inspo to be had, I think, from the like uh, what in the industry we would call the hook and bullet set for sure. Um, like the hunters and you know backcountry mm. fishermen of the world. Like mm-hmm. those dudes, those dudes eat well. On yeah, trip. I was gonna say uh, I've had on a guy Gary Flume came on and he I don't I don't know if you know anyone in the scene. I'm just assuming that you do, but this guy yeah. Gary Flume came on and he was telling me about his camping setup. And he like eats these like real amazing meals like every night. He kind of he kind of does dump camping out of the back of his car, but he always just brings a cooler full of really nice food. I'm like, damn, I bring like hot dogs, and that's yeah. usually about it. Hot dogs and like Stella. That's probably yeah, all I totally. bring up when I do like my little backpacking <laughs> trips. <laughs> if we're, I mean, if we're talking car camping, that 
that ramps up exponentially. I just, I have um, to assume that if you're bringing all that stuff on uh, like a normal backpacking trip, what you can have in the car would be insane. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty good. And we're blessed that we both work in the outdoor industry for so long that we have, we have a way too much gear than we would <laughs> ever need. And um, so it like makes it easy when you have like a bunch of, you know, like good coolers and stuff. And, and also like, you know, we have a kid, like she's six. So mm -hmm. like a lot of our camping the last five years has been car camping. Yeah. Um, which I have no problem with. I wouldn't like shame anyone for doing it or like, oh, it's a great way to start ready to get out there, you know? Yeah. It gets you into the zone. Like it gives exactly. you actually, like, I actually kind of prefer it sometimes. Like, especially if you just want to like go out and check some places out and go mm -hmm. like, you know, you can still get like, a really rad backcountry hiking experience in and then retreat back to like yep a relative degree of comfort mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> and like and own it and have an awesome meal and have some drinks or whatever like yeah, do the whole yeah. thing you can Follow have a fire us. yeah like, you don't have to carry it on your back all day it's good oh, as yeah. i say i go up to I'm the smokies it. a lot with my friends and mm -hmm. um there was one time i was there where it was a boy scout troop and they had set up camp they had a campsites booked but then they were going up to the Appalachian and it's been like, they'd walk on the AT for one day, spend the night there, then walk back down and go to the campsite the next night. So it's like, they had like a little home base they could go back to after they were doing their backpacking. And I feel like that was a really good setup of, you know, you get the best of both worlds kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just cool. Yeah. I've never, I've never truly done a real like multi-day backpacking experience, but it is something that I think, you know, I could get into. I'm, I'm getting yeah. there slowly, slowly. I, I do enjoy my comforts. You're ready. You're ready. You're there. Yeah. You're in the zone. I yeah, mean, dude. actually, you know, um, the, where the where the AT starts and, and runs mm -hmm. down through there, like that area, yeah. uh, especially when you get up into Tennessee and uh, um, oh, like uh, what's the zone in North Carolina? You know, um, no Skyline and Asheville and all that, mm -hmm. like all those mountains. Um, really, just incredible. Yeah, and it's like so approachable to backpack in that area like really about, yeah you don't have to worry about bears and mm. it's, it's the united states like you're gonna end up <laughs> in a town like you'll be yeah. like town to town basically basically <laughs> you know um yeah. if we are all done with trees if you got nothing else to say we're gonna move on to what i can only assume to be the longest <laughs> segment on this podcast uh surprised <laughs> the nylon portion yeah, and i'm only yeah. saying that because i have so many questions for you uh, yeah sure I picked up a couple. I'll, I'll, I'll give everyone else a peek behind the screen. Um, I did send you some of the questions previously that you're going to mm -hmm. answer, but uh, since then, I've received probably three or four that I didn't tell you about. They're not bad. That's just, just more of the same, basically, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll start off nylon. We'll talk a little bit about uh, your come up, not only in, uh, I assume, going from wearing Supreme to uh, other brands, but... Um, also with this this job mm -hmm. that you have so yeah uh tell me just a little bit about how you got started in clothing in general um that's a good question uh i think uh really through through skateboarding you know i think that was the Makes first sense. time i like yeah i was like you know didn't when you're a kid you don't really care about clothes until you're like into something and you get to be like you know 11 or 12 or whatever age that like people start caring being self-conscious mm -hmm. and caring about what they look like and um being worried about I, being identified as somebody or into something you know mm -hmm. and, and skateboarding is probably 
more guilty of that than other things like Absolutely. you like i need to be a skate like everyone needs to know mm -hmm. i am a skater right yeah. and like what are yeah. skater components and so um i spent a lot of time uh in the back of like thrasher magazine <laughs> it's like a, i don't know somewhere between 10 11 12 just like mm -hmm. pining over you know teach you know company t-shirts and you know because everything was mail order we didn't have skate shops yeah where we lived and um so everything was mail order um and you, you know, like the, the ads would be like pictures of little t-shirts, like, like 30 across a page, like in these like grids. And you'd just be like that brand, that brand, that band, that band. And then like, you would learn about stuff through it, which was really crazy. So like in this, like obsessing over like how I was going to show who I was, I was also learning about stuff. So like, mm -hmm. I would, if there were band logos, and I didn't know the band. I'd be like, that's skater music. And you and, go listen and, to them. And yeah, and I would like go to the like local indie record store and like grab things, and and then all of a sudden I'm like this you know twelve year old kid in Connecticut <laughs> with like listening to like Public Image Limited and wearing a like t shirt like that. It's like that's weird, but it's cool. Um, and that stuff started to really you know that that was the like entry into it and worrying about clothes and it was really around skateboarding. But as I got older, uh, into my teenage years, we were so close strangely close to the city like we were able to get on a train and just go okay. to the city yeah like we could go to, to new york by taking the train and mm -hmm. so we would start going there to skate and hang out and that really um influenced and, and um shaped that because then there was just more there's more diversity in it you saw different people um styling things differently just picking up on mm -hmm. cues not just what we saw in magazines but what we saw you know on the actual street yeah on the street like in the, at the spots and stuff mm -hmm um which was cool and we would take a lot of that back <clears throat> or at least i would i think um and uh it just kind of continued from there you know um i think there was always it was an interesting time in the and i'll date myself again you know like <laughs> this is now early mid 90s you know mm -hmm. skateboard scene in, in in new york and you like if you think about what films were out at the time um like kids came out and blew our mind right like the first you know um 36 Chambers came out, um, mm -hmm. you know, musically early in the early 90s. And like that stuff really like united like this like skateboard punk rock world and like introduced hip hop and streetwear into it. And like wow. all of a sudden became, yeah, it became like a lot of polo and a lot of North Face. And mm -hmm. it was like kind of funny because it was like, I was like, I have like outdoor gear <laughs> yeah. from doing stuff with my dad and camping. But also like now that like this weird North Face jacket is cool and mm -hmm. like, like I'm seeing kids wearing, um, we had, uh, I don't know if EMS is still in business, probably not, or maybe at some degree, but Eastern Mountain Sports, have you ever heard of EMS? Like that was a thing before REI, there was EMS. Okay. And they had these like really massive stores and there was one in New York on Broadway and it was like, it was an outdoor shop and it was sick. And, um, but like everyone would wear their backpacks. So it would be like big kind of climbing kind of you know, backpacking packs, lots of straps. And I was like, oh, I can wear my like rock climbing backpack and be cool mm -hmm. when, it, when I go skate in the city. So I would do that and take that yeah. stuff on. You kind of had the best yeah. of both worlds then, you know, you had the really good camping gear, but it was also like, oh yeah, now it's cool to also wear this while I'm skating, which I also like to do. Yeah, it was <laughs> very strange to be like, I, now, you know, it's like I'm, I'm in uh, going on 42 in January and um, to see everything completely smashed together Mm -hmm. and culminating i was like man we were like really there for a lot of the like archetypal beginnings of this stuff wow 
Yeah, you were there yeah. for the very beginning with North Face. You know, I, that that is, I mean, North Face does have like a weird relationship with streetwear. It is kind of mm-hmm. outdoor. They have their like Himalayan gear, but they also have like, you know, their Supreme collabs that yeah, totally. people on, on the streets wear. It's very interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. And I was, you know, and, and by no means, I make like no claims to be like, I was there and I was the, like, <laughs> I was, I was there with so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. Like that. I, yeah. was, I was like a voyeur. Like I was like a kid that was just like, mm-hmm. You're absorbing it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was fully absorbing. But, I mean, that's um, a lot more than dude, other people can say, man. <laughs> For sure. Pure, pure privilege and like dumb luck of circumstance. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. It works. Yeah. <laughs> it works. That's good. Right place, the right time for the right person. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, moving on from that, let's talk a little about uh, some of the things you like now. Obviously, yeah. I'm going to try to pepper in some questions for you as well, but I think a lot of them pertain to your job more than you personally. And I kind of want to establish you as a person before I just ask you a bunch of questions. Um, So yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about what you're wearing now, maybe some brands you like, some some styles you like to see, something like that, some inspirations. Yeah, it's funny. I'm at like a, um, one of those like, stylistic crossroads it probably has to do with my age mm-hmm. um like just this like function of like needing to be in like a utilitarian posture like parenting really puts you in this funny spot and working from home really takes like a lot of the energy out of yeah. it you know where it's just like it actually doesn't i mean like literally i'm in a sweat a gray sweatsuit right now. <laughs> <laughs> like fuck <laughs> uh, <laughs> at the at the moment, I was like, yeah, "Please yeah. don't do a fit check. I don't need to go put an outfit on." No, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. It's um, not gonna get that deep. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I'm uh, and, and I and I exist professionally in this space where it's like, kind of like, there's moments when I need to like show up and be like, "No, oh, it's kind of like my job to have like get a bit of a fit off and like have <laughs> like a strong sense of personal style." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Lead the conversation a little bit there um and and so i like i go back and forth between like what i think is like really interesting energy you know looking even to my past of like how uh i see uh, a, a lot of younger people wearing outdoor stuff and vintage outdoor stuff and like yeah. bringing that in and like this really great conflation with you know um how i see like younger skaters wearing stuff and just like cooler younger people um dressing and like taking our brand in particular and, and really layering it in with like cool pieces oh, yeah. like this. yeah we've there's got so many of, like we got lots of stuff to say about that that's oh, happening man, right now with arcterics <laughs> i know i know and and it's and it's all good we, we definitely get into it um uh-huh. but i i like that stuff and i and i dabble there a little bit i really mm-hmm. like um uh uh, uh nanamika japanese brand yeah of course um you know i, I think there's like uh the like level of technicality is there, like similar mm-hmm. to, to our surveillance, you know, to yeah. our surveillance, but it's just a little more casual, you know, like the fits are a little more generous. It like hides the dad bod. I think like the styling, like I love the color palette of all of it. And um, so I've been futzing around there in the uniform sense. Mm-hmm. Like I have some, I, f- I don't know the model name of the pant, I forget, but it's like a like a drawstring trouser and it's like out of this really super technical shoulder fabric mm. but it has it's like a little wider leg cut um this is nanomica and, yeah yeah and uh and then there's like a little like cardigan kind of e sort of piece that is out of the same fabric uh. that i'll wear so i'll do that with like an oxford or like a white button down oxford 
Uh, it's kind of like my uniform on the Very business nice. end. And I'm like, this should be my like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say I, uh, the greater goods, gi, like kimono type um, Arcteric stuff they did was so cool. I wish that I could have gotten yeah. something if it wasn't so exorbitantly expensive and not in the United States. But yeah, uh, yeah just, it just reminded me of that. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. That, <laughs> and that's exactly the kind of thing where um, that dude, Jameis in London is mm -hmm. like, that's the, that's the energy, right? Like that's yeah. the spirit. And, and like, and maybe even in reference to some of the questions mm -hmm. um, where, you know, I, I'm going to assume some people are uh, either worried or curious, say so call it curious about like, what, like, where does the styling go? Like, are you watering down the brand? Are you leaning mm -hmm. too far into this stuff? And it's, I don't see it that way. Like when I look at the history of, of Arcteryx, yeah. um, like how it started, um, you know, like it was just like dirtbag bros that were like, like very obsessive industrial design DIY mm -hmm. guys that were like, oh, well, I need a better harness. So I'm going to make one. And then oh, ice climbing, like in the coast mountains here in BC, like, like it sucks here. Like it's like hard, like the weather sucks <laughs> and it's going to throw you a curveball. I need a better, like I should be able to make a jacket. So like really yeah. hard, like hardcore, like product design, like hard goods designers, like products and packs set mm -hmm. out to like, uh, how would I approach a jacket? Like, I don't, I don't care about how apparel companies make jackets. I need yeah. to make a jacket from a hard goods perspective because this place is so rugged. And, exactly. And, and like, they just went and DIY'd it and, and, and figured out their own thing. And I, I apply that same spirit in thinking from an inspiration point of view mm -hmm. to like how I see people interpreting the brand and interpreting like their environment and how they want to wear the brand. And so like James is a great example of like, I get why this thing was made. It's at yeah. the end of its life. So what can I do with it? As mm -hmm. opposed to Trashing you know, throwing it, it yeah. away. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's so sick. And then it, it just progresses the style conversation and, mm -hmm. and like what things can do. And exactly. Can yeah. Well, actually, this leads me into my very first question that I'll have for you. All terrain 95 asks, um, where do you get your inspiration from? I know it's pretty broad, but I got to ask for the people. <laughs> That's yeah. a very broad question. You, you can uh, list like a couple of sources. Yeah, no, totally. Um, it's, you know, it's funny because I think um, pre-pandemic, it was much easier to, um, you know, run out there and, and like go see a show, see a band, go to an opening and an art opening or go to a museum or, or take a trip. You know, like right before that last summer, uh, it, it was, it used to be a lot of travel, to be honest, you know? Um, so that last summer, um, I'll get a little back into the trees section, but like I did, yeah, yeah. um, I did like a little market tour of like, um, of the Alps and like that region for us, oh, like wow. Chamonix and like surrounding mm -hmm. Italy and Switzerland and stuff. And like, I had never really like been there but i hadn't like been there been there or really yeah, like yeah. dug into it and mm -hmm. and just to like go somewhere and um like have that bug planted you know of like i want to get back here and i want to like soak this up and i want to like i want to take french lessons and i like want to well, like go and eat my way through like northern italy again and oh, like yeah. whatever oh, like yeah. it just that that'll like fill the well up and like lead you to like all kinds of things and um so travel would be one. Mm -hmm. 
And that was just the last, I think the last time I went on a trip. I got messed <laughs> up. <laughs> so, the world sucks right now. Um, yeah. uh, art and, you know, um, design and like the, the history of is, is really big for me. Um, that's like a, a, a space where I sp spend quite a bit of time. So like I was just in Chicago too. So I'd say like we don't travel anymore, even though right mm -hmm. before Omicron really popped off, I, I was in Chicago for some work stuff. And nice. uh, yeah, I went to the Museum of Contemporary Art there, the MCA. And um, uh, it was great. It was like the first time I've been to a museum in two and a half years, you know? Oh, wow. Like, ah, finally, like, <laughs> new stuff. And so new people picked up on some stuff I didn't, uh, didn't know about or wasn't aware of. Um, and I, and I try, you know, like my team, a lot of the designers on the team that I work with are, are all such like creative powerhouses. I think that's like, no one could argue that like coming from the brand, the like level of, of design is really high it, it, on, on the marketing side. I mean, you know, if you mm -hmm. look at what we do with graphic design or photography and film or motion graphics, like you could zoom into any little sub discipline of like design and it's like very high functioning and, <laughs> and um it can be overly part of my job is to make sure it's not overly conceptual <laughs> yeah um yeah. but the yeah man um, still has to understand <laughs> yeah like yeah the regular folk need to like get that this is a waterproof jacket but you know we could we could get wild with it um <laughs> yeah so i i grab, i take a lot of inspiration from from those from people too you know and like just love seeing what they bring forward the way we communicate ideas when we kick a project off or that kind of thing yeah. Um, people bring all kinds of stuff. Like I have designers that make play, like their first step is a playlist and mm. we'll come to a kickoff meeting and they're like, so this is like, here's my it, like starting point. Like before you even get to a mood board, before you even uh -huh. get to, uh, I found this on Instagram or this on Tumblr or where the fuck like the people get yeah. pictures from on the internet now. Um, <laughs> They're like, this is my playlist, or I went on this trip and like, here's photos I took. Like, oh, I really wow. like the like self-generated. Yeah, that's very you know, cool. In a, in a, yeah, in a, in a past life, um, I'm talking a lot about work now, but it's okay. Um, These are gonna be all work questions, basically. After we're done, we're done with the Cooper Gill. You are now creative yeah. director of Arteris. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. I, I think this stuff is always good to talk about, and it helps, uh -huh. especially people um, really think about maybe they want to be like, do this kind of work. Mm -hmm. Like, that's great. Um, we would, I, I worked in, um, you know, in creative agencies and advertising agencies for a while. And one of the ones I was at, like we would, some people call it like, a, you know, mood board or reference imagery or whatever. Some people call it, this agency, they called it swipe because you're swiping someone else's picture. Okay. And it was, it was like, why are, we should, we should have the time. This becomes a time thing and a money thing to some degree, but like we should have the time in our project budgets to make our own swipe, right? Mm -hmm. Our, the output of our work should be someone else's reference image. That should always be yeah. the goal, right? So um, that's a cool place to operate from. Cause if you're, you know, yeah. picking a project off um, or, or you're looking for like personal inspiration, you should, you should be searching and making your own, you know, like there's always going to be a catalyst. There's always going to be a thing where you're like, damn that's sick like i just saw a photo the other day on instagram of course of um and i don't remember the architect's name but it was in switzerland on the matterhorn and he was like an industrial designer and he made these like hard-sided aluminum tents have you ever seen this photo it was in no. the mid 90s like 96 or 98 and it's like these like really shiny hard-sided aluminum tents and like he and it was like a a bit of a uh 
conversation around like temporary uh, Nickish Walder architects of like these. I don't know if you can, if the, the camera's screen, there you go. Okay. Insane. Oh, like interesting. They, yeah, yeah, they go down flat uh -huh. and are like completely, you know, just these like very classic. Huh. Are they flush angle. with the ground or are they raised? They're raised. They're, you huh. can see on that one, they're on like little aluminum I beams. Yeah, it's so giving it's me like, like midsummer vibes, <laughs> honestly. Oh, totally, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, low uh, environmental impact, but a way yeah. that like can put a lot of infrastructure in place. So anyway, that's very cool. Um, yeah, I know. You just like that. That one hit me last week, where I was like, mm. uh, "Gotta like lean more into industrial design again." And, like, <laughs> in. So and then that like sent me down a path, and I grabbed my huge like furniture encyclopedia. I was like, "Need to make something <laughs> physical." So don't be surprised if a year and a half from now, our carrots has like some giant furniture thing or something <laughs> awesome yeah the the arcteric couch you know we got people in their showers wearing like look at this <laughs> yeah like well, i'm just now i'm, yeah, I'm just chilling no big deal <laughs> watch all the water beads off yeah um i love that shit so funny man like, <laughs> the stuff, like now it's like how low quality of a jacket can i like get in the shower with yeah you saw like the, the duets uh, on the the dominoes like the dominoes tech jacket the, yeah kirkland and dominoes like yeah really that's funny it's good <laughs> stuff um so you talking about going on trips and stuff has reminded me of this question from fleece appreciation society he asks what has been your favorite experience as a creative director okay it's precisely that inspiration mm -hmm. trips for sure yep. um i love um this is totally like an industry thing, but like, you know, design fairs and like, mm -hmm. so like, uh, uh, Salone in, in Italy, uh, mm -hmm. Milan design week, uh, is incredible. Like anyone that's like works in a creative field or like appreciates design should, should go to that and spend a week. Like Milan's sick. The programming there is sick. Um, like all the installations and the, the like design community and the ideas that get presented will like mm -hmm. fill up and give you so much inspiration for years. I would go every, I, I, I was going every year and then we went like every other year. And then I had like a three year gap and, and like it just is bottomless of mm -hmm. like, you'll always refer to it and you'll always think about that city. And like, I went somewhere like as an American, like I went yeah. somewhere like traveled and like yeah. no one was speaking English and the food was sick. And it was oh, like, yeah. it was so fun. Like, like that kind of stuff. Um, obviously like trips to Japan are always like a mind bender in the same mm -hmm. way where you can just like get lost and end up in some, you know what I mean? Like you just start following alleyways and just yeah. find like the craziest store or the oh, most yeah. insane food. And, you know, um, yeah, it all been, tends to be uh, Sorry to interrupt again. I was I was going to say that I went to Italy um, a few years back, and Italian food is just top of the line. Nothing's better. I've I've been no. I've been privileged enough to go a lot of places in Europe, and like I've been to Japan as well. That I'll hit as well. But yeah, I just think Italian food is just top of top notch, top of the line. Nothing even comes close to it. You Literally know, just crush mountains of it. I oh yeah, it's get, just amazing, yeah. just amazing. Like, and then also with Japan. Uh, when I was there, I was there with one of my friends who's doing study abroad and he is Japanese. So he was taking me to all of his favorite spots as well. Like, oh, well, I, I just it. found this like hole in the wall place. Let's go get this and let's go get here and like all that good stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah, it was, it was hard to navigate on my own, but I'm lucky that I had him with me. But anyway, I just had yep. to, I wanted to do that little caveat. No, totally. 
yeah, relate absolutely. to you a little yeah. bit, have an actual conversation rather than just asking you. a ton of questions. <laughs> I feel you. I had a very similar thing in, in uh -huh. Japan, like with a yeah, person who was local. And it was funny to like, because, you know, like I'll get down, like I really like shitty food. So mm -hmm. it, it's a bit <laughs> shitty in, in Japan, but like uh -huh. if, if left to my one. own devices, yeah, left to my own <laughs> devices in Tokyo, like you can catch me in 7-Eleven. <laughs> eating <laughs> nothing wrong you know, with like those sandwiches crazy. those those like yeah. egg and mayonnaise sandwiches are so good insanity like they're, they're so, so good, good. I but then yeah, i hooked it. up with him and he was like dude we got it okay you're done eating at 7-eleven <laughs> like i was there for a week by myself and then i had a week with him basically and, and uh -huh. it was like he was like okay you're you've got it hopefully out of your system now <laughs> like now it's time to like really get down and he was yeah. he was a super plugged in dude so it was sick. that's awesome that's very very cool I mean, that's that's best both worlds, right? You get the amazing yeah. 7-Eleven food, then you get to have like cuisine. It's all about highs and lows. Everything <laughs> yeah. like this entire game, everything, whether we're talking, and this is true. This is this is mm -hmm. like real talk right now. Is like it's it's just about juxtaposition and like mm -hmm. highs and lows. Like you can't you can't have or know how to make one without knowing and appreciating the other. True, you know, and that could that could speak to creative work. That could speak to like personal taste level. That could speak mm -hmm. to fashion sense. Like all of it. Like you got to know yeah. how to like navigate both worlds yeah that makes a lot of sense actually oh, see this i used to give you sound bites on yeah that's all like this this will be the uh <laughs> the preview i'll just throw this one up there it's all about highs and lows uh, with cooper about... <laughs> <laughs> highs and lows. um another question i have for you kind of for the same i wanted to ask a little bit earlier but i did not it is do the core design teams also work on Leaf or is it a separate development team? This is from Ripstop no, AI. No, everything. No, no, it's everything's all, all separate. Everything's, everything's separate. all separate. Okay. Yeah, cool. kind of. Um, getting a little out of like my like exact world, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, things are things are sort of separate for sure. Yeah. Okay. Got that. Um, the, what I will say is that um, innovation in the Leaf sense, like because Leaf is so specialized. Yeah. Um, it tends to be a place where like, you know, we have like product that gets designed has to be put through, you know, I would call it commercialization mm -hmm. process. Like, I like there has to be value for the market to want to pay for it. And some of the stuff that like could come out of leaf would be like, you're like, that's crazy. That jacket should also cost $5,000, <laughs> you know? So like, yes, that doesn't make sense, <laughs> but it becomes an innovation engine, you know, yeah. like we learn how to, how to make stuff or learn how mm -hmm. to develop something specific that eventually will make its way into something. Okay. Yeah. Um, another design question. This is from Mad Mountain Man. This is a whole paragraph. The first system A collection seemed to bridge the gap between mainline arc and valence, but with some overlap of valence with the minimalist design and branding. Will the next iteration of system A be similar or will there be a bigger drop with more colorways? Uh, I can't get into the specifics of the drop. Yeah. And, that's, and there's definitely um, very astute uh, observation. You know, mm -hmm. Taco was career director over valence and <laughs> the system A project. So um, that, that DNA is definitely there. And those okay. design teams were together on that stuff. But I would yeah. say that um, System A will keep showing up for sure. Uh, okay. And it's and it's always, you know, like that's that's functional stuff. Like that stuff is meant to, for, for climbing that first yeah. season, right? So, um, and there was some of that in, in some of the films and some of the marketing material that, yeah. that showed up very subtly, yeah. Um, so it's like so a guy it is with a chalk bag, right? With one of the shirts. Yeah, on one of the um, yeah, one of the longer cuts. I don't know where you could find it to be honest. It's like 
kind of shitty answer, but <laughs> one of the longest <laughs> cuts like had people climbing and bouldering and stuff. And uh -huh. like, it was pretty, it was sick. Um, but uh, yeah, expect to see, I think like there's always going to be a, a, um, a sport bend to it where valence okay. would show up is like, you could just go shoot a lookbook and that's fine. And, and yeah. you get it that it's like, this stuff is functional because you know, it's valence and from, from us and, mm -hmm. and it's like made out of the same thing and that DNA is there, but system A is definitely like, we'll show people doing this stuff in it. And yeah. here's like a fun, this is like a fun archaic factoid, mm. um, like very inside baseball thing. Um, a lot of people at ARC, because we can like buy stuff so cheap mm. with our discount, um, will like use valence stuff for like, it's some of the, it like, the valence shorts, like if you're into mountain biking, are like yeah. the best mountain bike short that anyone's ever made. Like you just have really? to get down to buy a $800 short or whatever the hell yeah. they cost <laughs> to do it. But like, yeah, there's like some funny stuff. There's like some funny stuff like that where people are like, you're having mountain biking in the valence shorts and they're insane. Or they're like, <laughs> the valence shake dry hat is like perfect for running. Like it's like there's, you got to pay 400 bucks for a hat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like a little, sounds a little absurd now. And I say it out loud to a non-insider, but that's a <laughs> these, thing. It, hey, it these is. shorts are only two twenty-five. It looks like there you go. Catch them on sale, whatever, and <laughs> off to the races. Yeah, hey, that's not too bad. That's just uh, what that's more than a pair of pants from Arcteryx. At least it's still pants. But anyway, um, yes, but I, you know, I don't know what like mountain bike shorts cost. Like, I, I'm not too yeah, into mountain biking, but I'm, I bet if you went and looked at like whatever the like cool mountain bike brand is and like their mm -hmm. riding shorts. Those are probably I'd only about the same. 40 or $50 more or something. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? So Rafa is the same price. Mm -hmm. um, the next question I have, uh, these are kind of similar questions. This is another one from Mad Mountain Man. He says, in the future, will we see an increase of Rebird product launches like Gamma MX, Beta, SV, Stowe, and Tote? Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, expect to see so much more Rebird stuff. Sweet. Um, and just like that program and the service offering showing up in mm. more and more of our stores like that's a actually a very big thing uh, awesome I love to hear that. yeah like getting care and repair and all of that mm. stuff um really uh well sorted and, and properly represented in, in our stores is is like a, a big fun thing and it's awesome sick. uh and, and the resale program too like that yeah going out. Um, that is that is the other thing he's saying uh will use gear ever come to the uk yeah yeah working on it uh another question from Arai 2001 he asked a question i thought of is do they ever plan on bringing back some of the vintage sought after colorways like the two-tone betas and thetas um well there's still there's ways there's ways if you poke around for that you know i think if you're um <clears throat> if you look at system a there's, mm -hmm. there's actually quite a bit of like inspiration from thetas in there. Okay. Uh, everyone, everyone, everyone's like, I want thetas back. I'm like, I do. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and like there's, and there's definitely ways to get much more um, adventurous color blocking and tonal stuff. The rebirth stuff is a great example where like the color blocking is way more overt. Um, mm -hmm. You know, things, if you want to, if you want to deal with the legwork of getting it, some of the stuff for beams is there and color block yeah. in an interesting way. Beam stuff is crazy. Yeah, it's cool. It's like a, it's like maximalist in that. Like it is, yeah. It's like, it's yeah. ironic, honestly, because Arcteryx is such a minimalist brand, and then you have like yeah. the wild color blocking with the 
the greens and all that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe some of that stuff will get easier to to get your hands on in the future. Um, mm -hmm. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> maybe um, you know, I would also look at things like uh, I would keep an eye on the used gear site itself. You know, we're we're like as we get that running. If if you're in the U.S. or Canada, um, uh, definitely the U.S. Like if you're um, constantly looking at that there's some like really legit stuff that shows up into that um which is cool and then also mm -hmm. when we have things like uh when we just open the rebird the service center in new york mm -hmm. um we we got like we went through and dug out like some real grail level pieces like from our warranty and returns department Okay. So like we did a thing with Grailed. Um, I saw that. Grailed, Grailed. Yeah. So like <laughs> those were, you know, like we went through the stuff that came back from, from warranties and returns of the like, this can't be fixed. So we like, you know, give the person their money, you know, give them a credit for new gear mm -hmm. and um, cause it's not worth it to fix it. And we restored it back to new and then put it up. You know, we donated all the money from, from that um, mm -hmm. to an impact org, which was cool. Oh, it's very but, cool. Um, yeah, so like we're we're aware of that stuff and the value of it. So expect to see more of that stuff showing up as well. Sweet. Yeah, I like to see that. Um, especially just like the focus on recycling things, you know, putting yeah. it back out there, you know, recreating it into something else. That's very cool to see. I've done mm -hmm. a few projects in college on like Patagonia and their whole worn wear, really like their whole ethos of like brand second activism yeah. group first and all that so it, it's very cool to see other companies in the same space kind of you know with the same ideas and i think you do a better job honestly and i'm not just trying to kiss your ass here and like north face or something like them i feel like it's a more genuine effort it's a more like nuanced effort with like the rebird stuff than yeah. something like oh just like return it and we'll give you like you know a better yeah. deal or something like that you know it, it's a little more incentivized well it gets to the it gets to the heart of of uh arc's value right mm -hmm. like the stuff is expensive because it's made so well yeah. Right. It's made at a level that nothing else is made. Like mm -hmm. just bluntly. Like that's <laughs> that's just that's just straight up facts. And yeah. Um happy for anyone to try and argue that. And <laughs> you're gonna it, you will lose. I'm sorry. Um, I don't have any questions and, about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's that definitely is in the Reddit sub for sure. Oof. Um that's a place. Uh <laughs> which is great. Uh I I'm I am on there, trust ah, me. You're on the Arcteryx yeah. Reddit. Oh yeah, big time. Um, all right but no one knows okay I, who i am on there um but i'm there i'm reading all the comments <laughs> he's lurking he's lurking he's reading yeah, i'm lurking i'm lurking and i actually bring a lot of it for we a lot of us do you'd be surprised i, I bet if you if the if the uh if the veil came off you'd be like oh a third of this sub is people that work at our <laughs> <laughs> um but uh uh oh shit what i can say um oh it gets it gets to the heart of the value right like if we mm -hmm make stuff that doesn't is designed engineered to last as long as possible and it actually doesn't have an end of life that's that's the best thing we can do short of not making anything right yeah so and to like have the you know the warranty in place and the um the back end to fix things when when something is needed mm -hmm. whether it's a, a manufacturing or engineering defect or you know the majority of stuff that comes in for warranty is from call you know just not taking care of it 
uh, I won't say user error, but like, <laughs> you know, if you don't, if you don't wash your stuff, you know, uh, properly, like according to the label, yeah, it will eventually delaminate. You will contaminate your membrane and it will like wet out and stop working. And eventually like the oil in your skin will like mess the glue up in the lamination yeah. and it'll come apart. Like your hem cord is going to fall out if you don't wash your jacket. <laughs> like that'll have, that's the first thing that'll always happen is that bottom piece it's like a nice car you know you just got to keep you got to keep the maintenance up on it. it yeah, yeah you just exactly maintain it which is something i have it. not done on my adam ar i uh <clears throat> i've got blood on it somehow i'm not sure where it, how it got there but i i i've been too afraid i was too afraid to wash it and then that happened and i was like all right it's time to it's time to invest in some tech wash time to invest yeah. in some like lightweight detergent and get it in there but that's on the list of things i have to do i need i got an REI gift card i have to go and cop some of that but anyway let's go on to everyone has to have a dirty atom like that's <laughs> everyone's got to have one well, I already got picture... a... where was it was it somewhere on, on the gram or i wonder if it was an internal thing mm -hmm. might i don't know what it was but i think it was one of the i think it might have been the new york uh, arcteryx account posted this thing like someone brought their atom in <laughs> and the guy was or maybe it was victoria i don't know whatever the guy's like a diesel mechanic, like, okay. like, in, like oh, a man. truck yard, so like yeah. an outdoor kind of diesel mechanic. And like mm -hmm. this Adam, like, <laughs> it looked like, it looked like a, like a jacket you would see at like a, like a Japanese vintage auction. Like this was a World <laughs> War II chore coat, like, you know, like tanker jacket, Absolutely. you know, and it's like, just like oil slip. Covered in oil. Just, just fucked in like duct tape patches. And like, it was like the most thrashed thing Hell I've yeah. ever seen. It's That's so sick, sick though yeah that's very cool that's that's how you want to that's how you want to that's how you want to see the products you know you want to see a product come in and be like yeah i've been wearing this past 30 years it's got it covered in duct oh, yeah. tape and stitching and all that Just, that's really cool yeah well lived absolutely yeah before we get to what everyone came here for <laughs> i got one last question this guy asked can i get a free jacket and i think he's talking about me actually getting a free jacket so that's, <laughs> that's really nice no i'm kidding <laughs> uh nice try though i mean yeah, i'm gonna good. veto it for him just so just so he doesn't have to say no to you you know <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep you the hero for this episode um now andrew richards van man one a happy camper all ask and me <clears throat> what do you think about arcteryx becoming hypebeast brand on uh tiktok with the arc twizzy <laughs> what do you think about uh, it what's the official statement from cooper gill the official uh i like it i think it's cool okay like i um i think we're like i think it like starts a really interesting conversation around like intrinsic value and like what mass culture perceives as valuable and mm -hmm. um it's interesting to see the brand like migrating into like that kind of space uh it doesn't so i like like that as like a you know, person whose job is to like observe culture and make mm -hmm. sure we're like hitting the right notes. And um, so much stuff for us happens organically like that, which is just like really neat. And and I just, it just makes me feel like the brand is so special because, um, you know, like a lot of brands spend a lot of money to have that happen, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and like viral, yeah. the viral videos and stuff like that. Yeah all of that marketing stuff, right even yeah even you know the stuff with like you know with virgil you know rest in peace like it was like yeah that wasn't manufactured right like mm -hmm. that just was like organically real um mm -hmm. and uh that's the like 
that just feels great. Like that stuff feels really cool that like that is happening for this brand. This brand has done something over the past, you know, 30 some odd years to be like, hold a place in, in culture and in yeah. people's minds that like they want to interact with it like that. And um, I, I just like it. I love it. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. Like, I think the stuff is funny. Like for <laughs> as much as I have like a problem with social media, I'm just as addicted to it as anyone else. And I, I think TikTok's interesting because at least people are being Right now they're being creative, like the okay. same way that people yeah, were creative yeah. with photography when Instagram first started. Like yeah. it's already, you know, like the, the duetting and the like, you know, like the degradation of an idea happens much quicker there. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also, you get six trends but, a week on TikTok. Yeah, totally. But it's also funny. Like, I just think like uh -huh. the internet's like a good place. If, the internet would be a great place if it was just like the funny part. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everyone just wants a funny part. <laughs> yeah, I just want the funny part. Like, I don't know, like it sucks that it's been weaponized as a you know, of uh, the instrument of like capitalism and commerce and politics. But, uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely. If it was just the funny stuff, I would think it would be, be awesome. Great. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if I answered that. I like it. I think yeah, cool. you like it. Okay. I was going to say that it's funny. I'm already kind of bored of it. I'll be honest mm -hmm. because it's been a meme. So there was the Virgil, uh, runway show that he did where he was you know dressing people in the uh betas and stuff and then yeah. travis scott posted a few pictures the frank ocean picture everyone knows about with him wearing arcteryx yeah. so it's like it's been steadily it's been a thing of like celebrities wearing arcteryx and you know every time a picture like that comes out people are in the comments like this is gonna kill arcteryx gorp is dead like all the hypes are gonna start wearing it and it's like no it's just not it's just not gonna happen that's been, yeah. that's always been my uh, thought of it and now it's like actually happening for seemingly no reason like out of nowhere you just see mm -hmm. the like arc twizzy you've got the in the arky wars uh instagram yeah. page that is yeah. just posting tons of arcteryx and stuff it's just very it's very interesting to see like this kind of niche like fashion culture is reaching like the people who do wear supreme box logos unironically and like the right. people who wear like off-white jordans and stuff like they are now thinking about arcteryx and stuff so yeah yeah well it here's the thing that'll make everyone feel good is that it doesn't affect the like the authenticity of the product the design process behind it or the people that you know truly sit around every day to like make it Mm -hmm. um they we don't we don't chase that um we don't pander to it so yeah um well, and, that, we're yeah, gonna, was... and we're not gonna stop making stuff the way that it's always been made with our like own little unique special sauce process mm -hmm. um that was the other that was the other part was just like maybe a lesser brand would have caved into the hype and been like, Oh yeah, we're going to release like this. And we're going to, yeah. we're going to change how we we're, we're going to do like limited drops and like false scarcity and all that. But I really don't see like yeah. when people have talked about it in the past, I've always just brought up the point of like, that's not their business model. Like they didn't get popular because they did like drops that are super limited. And like, they do have their collabs that are kind of like that, yeah. that sell out. But like yeah. for the most part, Arcteryx is just, you know, they are an outdoor brand. They're not a hype beast brand nope. at all, you know? through and through and through and you know like even and like you know people love to counter that be like then why are they doing collabs and whatever and i'll take that right back to like it's a mm -hmm. all of those projects are values alignment right like it's it's actually not about hype it's about like an authentic connection on the design side between us and the, and the partner right mm -hmm. like palace happened because some of us were like tight with those guys and we're skaters and we recognize if you go all the way back to like and i was telling you yeah. how i grew yeah, up exactly. and what i did like 
I they were wearing Arcterics. Like, yeah, cli- uh, climbers and skateboarders are the same personality type, mm-hmm. right? I've, like I've brought that up as well. Of just like it's the same kind of counterculture, do whatever I want, you know, fuck authority you're there, type. You're, you're, yeah, you're there for your people, right? Exactly. Like it's all about the community, and you're mm-hmm. like very DIY and and like nurturing your community, and you're there for your friends, and like if you show up, you'll be included, right? It's like not very yeah. close-minded. So it's very, very similar. And that's kind of, that was more commentary on that and leaning mm-hmm. into that and just saying like, I see you, I'm one of you and we're all here for each other. Yeah. Um, you can go to something like Jill Sander and that was like around design sen- sensibility right? yeah. and like design values and like alignment on aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all there. It's just, you know, I think a lot of the times, you know, criticism, people are gonna want to read or, you know, learn about what supports their argument or their personal feeling. Yeah. <laughs> we, we see that in the world. <laughs> Echo chamber, now, yeah. right? I'm you on page, I mean? so, page 27 of Google results and someone's finally yeah. agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, data is, you can skew data however you want to skew Absolutely. it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, so we're going to, we're going to do the things like that because it inspires us as creatives and as a creative team and, and like, you know, fills our tank up a little bit and um keeps things moving but we don't we don't we don't make things to pander to an audience we we make things according to a pretty rigid set of like internal values and like a and a reason and a mission to like get outside so what you probably will see from us in the next you know as the brand matures and just gets bigger because that's this is also a lot of what we're seeing is a byproduct of the brand just getting bigger yeah people know about it whatever um you you won't see a decrease in quality you you will see you know or um on the like in in the business we would say like more margin for us that means we're making stuff shittier so we're making yeah. more money on it exactly. <laughs> it costs us less <laughs> to make it like that that is not happening that'll probably never happen mm. um we have a lot of like very uh fancy like business people <laughs> tell us that to, to not do mm. that so we're, yeah. we're listening uh, greatly to those people <laughs> um there's uh you will see, um, I think, a, a commitment to our like core sports. So like climbing, snow sports, skiing, snowboarding, uh, the trail, meaning like hiking and, and trail running and, and, be, and um, becoming much more myopically focused on those things and, and really putting a, a position out on those things, knowing like what we stand for across those sports versus like this jacket's little micro innovation or mm-hmm. that. like we'll still have that stuff yeah yeah i think the the brand in response not in response but like i think just to insulate us a little bit and and make sure we don't lose our way is mm-hmm. is to like double down on, on the things that made us and that's those sports yeah i was everyone I was trying... can rest easy <laughs> yeah we exist to like make like the best product straight up and and be yeah if anything like as um I think like one of the creative leaders of the company, uh, I think we could be more bold in that declaration and okay. just really put it on blast. I, I low key like really try to um, let other brands know that like you're chasing us, you know? Yeah. Uh, so top dog type beat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, look, I'm from, I'm from, I'm from the Northeast, right? Yeah. Good dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I have my notes here that Arcteryx is kind of becoming the new Chrome hearts. And I, 
I think it, I might have gotten that because of the like in the Chrome Wars page and now it's in the Archie Wars page. Yeah. But I feel like it is kind of that similar vein of like popular brand, saying. popular yeah. brand gets just like massively popular for some reason uh, yeah. out of nowhere, basically, seemingly. Um, I, had, I hadn't thought of that one like that. I made a face <laughs> when you said it because I was like, oh my God, but yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Similar okay. hype. Similar hype. I'm not comparing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's similar. a lot of like fan accounts and hype and like yeah. aggregators and stuff that are just like any little micro thing. It's like, look. look yeah. Look, you see like the mood, the mood board pages with the reporters out in the field wearing Arcteryx. Like, dude, it's, it's, it's the, it's the Arcteryx. It's a beta. He's wearing it. It's like, yeah, man, it's raining. <laughs> yeah. It's like that job stand outside <laughs> yeah. for 11 hours before they're like, and we're live. You yeah. Know? Mood board pages like, foaming at the mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just outside all day not even moving uh-huh yeah. yeah he wants a good jacket but it, it is a whole it's a whole deal and uh i've yeah. gone a long time without mentioning it but hidden and why i don't know what your affiliation is with hidden but um i'm i'm an avid gatekeeper of uh keeping hidden away from arcteryx and just gorp in general because i just feel uh-huh. like it's super not genuine but uh um i don't know if i've seen him post any arcteryx as of late I know he posts a lot of Solomons now. Yeah, Solomons. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, there's no, there's not a formal connection. Uh, I know we know some of those people for sure, mm-hmm. um, and they're just, you know, in the like industry ether. I, their newsletter is actually really good. I think, like, um, if you guys subscribe to it, like, the like level of depth some things get. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like to, it's like topical stuff that's like of the moment. Yeah, but it's like always a good place you know like they did a really you know when um Virgil passed like that was like kind of one of the most recent ones where I was like damn mm-hmm. you did like sift through all of the like maze that was that dude's like, yeah public extensive stuff. extensive yeah, yeah yeah right and like organized it yeah <laughs> the best way I'd seen it organized so I appreciate it for things like that you know nice um yeah well I'm not on the no, I mean I come from oh uh, yeah yeah the newsletter's worth I don't know if it's worth money like that you know, whatever, but, um, that's, that's up to someone to decide, you know, I, I pay for it because I, I need to like pay for all the things and <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's your job to know like about I, the culture. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and at the furthest ends of it, right. Like I agree yeah. with you that it's like, um, you know, le- less on the authentic side, probably more on the like merch side, but that, that, that doesn't bother me to a sense, like where I'm not rigid on my like sustainability principles. Like I, mm-hmm. I come from skateboarding, like you, you drop t-shirts and like you make stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're like growing into a time when we need to make less stuff for sure. But um, I, I get it like a pragmatist. I get that that stuff's always going to exist. So yeah, might as well pull in like, okay, style notes yeah yeah i guess i guess well anyway i know um, i know, I know. <laughs> it's fine it's fine hey i mean you can have your opinions i can you have wanted mine. me to shit on it you wanted me no to no no i know i know you're a professional <laughs> see the thing about me is i'm kind of like a i'm a rogue i don't really belong yeah, to yeah. anything so i don't i have the freedom to say whatever i want i know off yeah, mic absolutely. you were just you talk like we were on mic for probably an hour before the podcast you're just shitting on everyone you're talking about everyone yeah, but absolutely. i'm it wasn't recorded so i don't have any proof but it definitely did happen <laughs> um uh, my last question is um the slahi benbury crocs and new bounces what do you think about those because i they just like recently came onto my radar after i talked to mm-hmm. uh, another person another guest on the pod and i just did a lot of research on that just want to yeah. you know get your take as a creative director yourself oh he's got I'm him on right now <laughs> he's got him on right now that's sick <laughs> yeah i'm pro croc for sure 
Nice. Um, we always have been. My my better half, my wife, is um, she works in trend forecasting um, mm -hmm. in the outdoor industry um, specifically. So um, she's been she's been on Crocs for well over a decade, wow. and people would like roll their eyes at her ten years ago, and she was like, "You'll see, you'll <laughs> see, you'll see." There's a long here forecast. We are. Here yeah. we are. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a long cast for sure, but uh, it exists. Um, yeah, pro Croc, I think. Um, uh, his like design aesthetic is is cool and like like very, very well timed. There's some stuff from him that I like more more than others, but that's not mm -hmm. that's just like sub subjective. I mean, you're things. always going to, yeah. Yeah, that's just yeah. That's the the nature of design, and that's great. And I I, I like love when you know, um, you know, just his his process and hearing him talk about it. He's like one of those people that I find personally inspiring, so it's cool. Mm -hmm. Um. I was going to say, no, uh, sorry, I keep interrupting yeah, you. I'm sorry, man. That's great. No, you're good. Uh, you're coming in right the right thing where I start to like peter off. Run okay, out. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I was going to say there is a heated debate, at least uh, in my head, about Crocs versus Hydromox. What's your take on mm. the Crocs versus Mox? That's a good, interesting one. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're wearing them to like actually do something, like futz around like a day at the river, yeah, or like as like a boat shoe, like a like a kayak or you know like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. When I say boat, that's what I mean, not like a not a sperry. Mm -hmm. uh, or I not guess on the yacht. Sailing. Yeah, not on the yacht. Even if you were on the yacht, I would say mocks do work better. Crocs mm -hmm. like float way more. Okay. Like there's just more there's more foam and they like yeah. catch water way more hard so like hydromox are are more functional in the, in the purest sense i think they definitely like are on the more advanced style spectrum like it's you you really have to own wearing a, a pair of like of hydros like it's a it's full commitment to your look if you're gonna wear those. <laughs> crocs are a little easy to easier to pull off Really, I would say in this scene, at least maybe, maybe in like the real world, but in this scene, I think that mocks are much more um, in than Crocs. Cause I, I've had a guest come on and say that he prefers Crocs to mocks, but he's never posted a pair of Crocs because the Hydro mocks are so in vogue right now, as far as like Corp Core goes. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that the Salehi Bimberry Crocs have kind of opened it up a little bit. And I know Palace is also getting a collab uh, mm -hmm. pretty soon. It's just, I don't Second know. One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with the um, camo and all the gibbets on it. Yeah, I, that's yeah. I mean, that's my that's my personal take. Mm -hmm. um, professional opinion. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, professional opinion. But I mean, styling is subjective, and it's like incredibly personal. So I think mm -hmm. it's totally fine. Um, I wish I could wear either more. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, what I actually really like are the hydro slides. That's the real low key one. Slides. Let's see. That's a deep cut. They're not on the website. That's for sure. It might be. If you go to Merrill and look for like Hydro Slide. Hydro Slide them. Hiking Sandal. Here they are. Wow. Yeah. I've never even seen there these. There you go. Put, there you go. Putting you guys on the game. If you <laughs> want to like set it off. There you go. Uh, I prefer those. That's what I have. I don't have, I don't actually have regular Hydro Mox. I have, I have the slides. Well, and they're in stock. Unlike the Hydro Mox, I believe. There you go. They run big. Okay. They run really big. I would go down to full size. Oh, Unless wow. they fix that. I don't know. I don't know if they fixed it or not, but I was like, fuck, these things are huge. <laughs> um, 
I'll check this out. Uh, let's see. I believe that's it. Unless you have um, some shout outs that you'd like to give. Yeah, it's sure. a it's a tradition on the podcast to just shout out some pages you enjoy. Um, yeah. um, I will. I'm going to shout out. This is range. Okay. I was going to do yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no way. That's sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's like uh, really a just a great um like north star spot um and mm-hmm. just like a, a, a great pull in of like things that will just help everyone be more um intersectional and like really progress the conversation and, and be really aware uh from a um a design and, and trend point of view i would also subscribe to their newsletter uh the horizon report which is incredible i think that's mm-hmm. like very when i talk about like my job and like what actionable insights are and like intel from newspaper newsletters yeah that's that's a zone um for sure um i still i still really like organic lab like i feel like that's it's funny because like the algorithm has pushed it out of my life Mm. um but um you know he's he's definitely a friend a friend of the brand and and i think like started a lot of the conversation of kind of some of the movement i'm sure that could be one oh yeah definitely. Whole podcast on that but um yeah pull up on that but uh just rad genuine you know like so much of the stuff comes back to like people mm-hmm. uh for, for myself personally and i think even for the brand like a lot of the projects you see see from us and like this stuff that we dabble in comes from personal real authentic relationships so yeah um, those, those are two that i would shout out for now awesome uh i was going to say Let's see. Vivid Gun Gun Chong or Gun Chong. I'm not sure. I just recently started following him. He's pretty cool. Mm. Pretty cool guy. Just, you know, general hiking photos, walking around. Um, mm-hmm. nice stuff. I also believe he's not located in either the UK or the United States. Um, there's I've I follow a few people who live um in Asia. And I, I think mm-hmm. it's cool to just see like a difference in geography basically with uh some of the people because it is it is it does get kind of repetitive seeing the peaks district every single week um mm-hmm. every single day from a lot of these people so it's nice to see something different yeah. uh 20793.04 this is another really nice account this is an englishman i believe but um really nice pictures of vistas and forests and stuff just decent photography i think is what sets them apart mm-hmm. yep and let's get one more in there say bright finder uh also bright dot finder also mm-hmm. living in not the uk or the united states uh, lots of good photos also a family man takes his kids on a lot of hikes and uh backpacking trips and stuff and takes pictures of that which is pretty cool to see because i don't oh, see oh, a lot of that sick. yeah i'll follow that one Bam. <laughs> um there's one oh what the heck is her name uh i'm not going to be able to do it on the fly if you remind me, I'll see if I can dig it out. It's another one that has been like deprioritized, but it's this woman in, in Spain. She's a climber mm-hmm. and she takes the, and she's like obsessed with aid climbing. I don't know if you know about like how rock climbing stuff works, but there's like a whole piece of big wall, like called aid climbing, where you like use gear to like make holds for yourself. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so she's like weirdly obsessed with aid climbing and like just will spend a day like rigging an entire route of like aid gear and then takes these like very abstract photos of like the gear placements and stuff. Um, mm. Really very interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm like a, a gear nerd. 
at the end of the day, like a lot of the stuff, like always have like shit later. I always have been like, I was one of the draws to climbing for me. It was like, I just mm-hmm. love the gear. Just cool gear. I mean, there's nothing yeah. more satisfying than a bunch of straps and nylon yeah, on a piece of, on a piece of gear. Cool. Like, Man, this just looks so cool. Pieces of metal. Yeah, exactly. Kind of stuff, so. um, yeah. That, that one sticks out in my mind. It's something cool. And then, um, you know, classic, everyone knows him, but like I, I, Peter Sutherland has been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, a fantastic photographer and he's you know he moved back to Colorado kind of like during the pandemic where he's from and um his his content and his photography uh has gotten like much more outdoors like it's still his vein and his thing from like a editorial kind of documentary point of view but it's in the zone now there's like a lot of cool like mountains and snow and oh nice and stuff. yeah I'm looking yeah. at these very cool photo. I don't. I don't follow him. I'm gonna throw him oh yeah, him. he's he's incredible. Yeah, we shot a couple of things already. Hopefully, we'll do some more. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, Cooper, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. What a great course, way man. to start the day. Of course, man. Yeah. Well, actually, before you do go, I do have one last question. I just see it on here. Uh, I want to know uh, if you can talk about what's going to be the next big collab for Arcteryx. Yeah, we're just getting ready to. Um, uh, tease that a little bit and it's going to be huge it'll be uh, probably like a